In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. Diet starts tomorrow. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit the gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman... Joey does a shampoo! ...and Sammy Fishbein. Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. Hello and welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen. I'm Sammy. And we have a super, super, super special guest. We've had her on so many times and I just feel like we really just missed her and a lot's happened in her life since. And so the person that I am dragging on too long (laughs) is our favorite registered dietitian, Tracy Lockwood Beckerman. Welcome, Tracy. Hey, guys. It is so nice to interact with humans today that are, <laughs> are over the age of four months. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what's you know what I've been thinking about? Like every week we drag out the who will the guest be? They can read it in the fucking description. I was thinking That's that while the, I was saying it. But I'm like, they fun. clicked this probably because they saw her name. Well, <laughs> so. the Sh- the Shay Mitchell episode like really was like a dragged out guess who this could possibly be. And then like, we're listening to Shay Mitchell, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it in the title. And Mindy. Like that was like, that was also another, another good experience. Well, for some insider info, we recorded those intros after at, like, or before. No, do we do it before? We did it right after. Right after. right after. So yeah. we wanted it to be like, get like the excitement going, you know, because we just came off of those two interviews. But, but you guys um, are also giving teasers on Instagram probably before you record it. Yeah. Stop talking shit, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> My mom. Right, it's also like we promote the episodes. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we got you to watch it, to listen because of the person. And then we waste five minutes. And here we are again. Um, okay, it's so, exciting. Okay, so Tracy, how are you like feeling? You are a new mother. How I am a new like mom. pandemic motherhood and everything. It's it's better than you guys could even imagine. It's better? <laughs> better. Oh yeah. I mean, imagine you I can now talk to my daughter and tell her that she was birthed during a pandemic. Like that's crazy. That she's part of history. Right. But I, what I went through in the hospital having to birth her with a mask on is Part of uh, like something that could be written in a history book. They made you keep the mask on? Of course. What was that like? She would be getting droplets everywhere. I mean, I guess it is test everyone. They test everyone, no? They test you. They're all, but like for everyone's sake of being safe, and there's so many people in the room that you need to basically protect them because they're hopping in and out of 100 different rooms at a time. True. Okay, wait. So, so what? Well, first what, of all, congratulations. Yeah, right? Thank you. First Thank of you. All. I first know it's, it's. I can't even express like what what it's like being a mom and how like this love is just immediate. You think that like you love your husbands, you love your family, and then all of a sudden 
you're like, I love this little thing that just grew inside of me. And now you're holding, you're like, I love you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it makes oh, you God, weird. I don't even know. <laughs> if you yeah. don't, that's crazy. It is. Um, it, it is. But it's kind of crazy though, because like you were, you've been talking about your book, which is about getting your period and about like eventually conceiving and all of that. And now like you're here, you've had a kid. It's is what does that feel like? Like that full circle feeling? I feel like the journey and the path that somebody has to parenthood is just so unique. Everyone goes through so much. Rarely you hear about, I got pregnant my first try. Like it's rarely that type of story these days. And it's a good thing because we're talking about it, which means that you set your expectations differently, but you're also like, you're ready for the journey because everyone has one, no matter what it is, everyone has a journey unique to their, their own. Okay. So will you tell us what's like the real deal? How are you feeling? Like what were, what were you really feeling like leading up to giving birth? What were you, what are you feeling after? Like, obviously yeah. you thought, like you love your daughter. She's really sweet. I, you know, was looking at her on Instagram the other day <laughs> when you were all for like four generations of, of your it fam. Was, that yeah. was really cute. Yeah. Thank okay, you. So like, what is, what is like the truth looking behind at your daughter on Instagram? <laughs> I, know, I, mean, my daughter. I mean, it's, it's not like so I'm weird. stalking a stranger. Like I know you, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I want is, that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel like this is why people can talk about motherhood in so much detail. Cause there's so much that goes on. You are going through such a seismic shift in your entire life everything is different. And leading up to having her, you're filled with the emotional aspect of my life's going to change. My life's going to change. I'm going to miss this old life. Am I getting in all of the things that I want to get out of my system? And doing that during a pandemic when you really can't do anything to get out of your system is very difficult. Like for instance, bucket list things that you want to do to experience, you can't do, or you couldn't do. Is there so anything me, you felt like you missed? I mean, like, should yeah. I just, just so I can try to fit it in like between post pandemic and eventual, con- you know? Conception. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> of course, like traveling <laughs> is on the list of things to do, which you can't like going yeah. out with your friends, like all of those things are just not applicable in this day and age. But I would say enjoying the only thing that you have to worry about is yourself, your partners, your family. And then all of a sudden, you have to worry about your child for the rest of your life. So that <laughs> like that. quiet, that quietness is gone. The moment the, I mean, the moment you become pregnant, that quietness is gone. So wow. the moment, so the moment you became pregnant, let's just, let's quickly, cause I'm sure a lot of people are like, I've talked about wanting to get pregnant. Um, when we started, uh, the 20, when we started 2021 podcast <laughs> so of DST. So like, how does, just to talk about eating and stuff, because yeah. we've always talked about that you're a dietitian. Um, how does eating change the moment you become pregnant? And has it changed mm-hmm. like since becoming a mom? Yeah. So the moment you become pregnant and your life, like I said, changes. But to be honest, like the fun is over when it comes to food <laughs> because A, you're not drinking, you're done. Um, and you're also the next step of it is you're in like this meal optimization, food safety mode. Am I eating the right meals for my baby? Am I eating the right snacks for my baby? Is this food safe? Is this going to optimize her? So that awareness is 24 seven. You think that it's before you have like your baby, you're constantly thinking about food. You're constantly thinking about food when you're pregnant. 
And you're constantly thinking about your food postpartum too. So it doesn't go away. It's just a different type of mentality. This, like I, I, I describe it as like this, another level of awareness because it's not for you anymore. It's for your baby. So you're really trying to do your best. Like, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about like your own feelings about what you want to eat or like what? Yeah. Like what's constantly on your mind when it comes to eating? Well, for me, this was my, my, my pregnancy. I felt like I didn't have much nausea. A lot of people are just so they can't stand the foods that they normally would eat and the foods that they would hate, they actually enjoy. So I found that my aversions were actually things that I used, or I should say the things that I disliked, I then started to like again and vice versa. So that kind of was like, for instance, I love, love, love eating peppers. I hate them. Like I hate them with with such like authority and I just, I couldn't stop eating peppers. And right now, like I'm enjoying peppers for some reason. So that shifted. And then the other side of it, like I love, I loved eating like mushrooms and cucumbers and like carrots and even like pasta with butter, like obviously duh, but all of those were like wet foods and I could not stand it. It was terrible. Pasta with butter. Oh my gosh, like pasta with butter. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yum>. But, <laughs> yes. And it changes like throughout the whole entire like there's there you have three different types of experiences. You have your first, second and third trimester. So all of those bring different experiences. But something unique happened to me in the second trimester, which really threw me for a loop, which I I'm glad to be able to talk about this here was I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes in my second trimester, which really was an extremely emotional thing to go through. It was very scary. And I was so confused on what the fuck to do. I had why why do people get gestational diabetes? Like why why does that happen with me? So like the (laughs) she said it kept her thin. It's fucked up. Well there's a lot of layers to why somebody can get gestational diabetes. It's One is because of the nutrition of the food that they're eating. Perhaps they're having too much sugar, too many carbs. That's like the basic one. Um, The second one of it is that it could be hereditary. It runs in my family. So I was already predisposed to possibly having it. And then the third part of it, which I learned about later, was that it can actually be related to stress because we know how cortisol can actually lead to insulin resistance in the body. And that was also like another factor that was aiding in the diagnosis. I, I got it done twice, the test. I didn't believe it. I wasn't gaining a ton of weight. Yeah, of course, I was eating like carbs and pasta and like I do that stuff normally. So it's not like there would be such a big difference. Right. But I felt like this was wrong and it wasn't wrong. I listened to my body was literally talking to me and saying, you need to make a change. You need to do something. So I met with um, a nurse to help me with understanding the things I could do. I met with a dietitian who really? I pretended not to be one because I felt like we're, we're not competing authorities here. I'm a student. I want to listen. I want to learn. And what you tell her you do? Well, <laughs> we didn't curious. talk about it. Instagram but- model. <laughs> 
Um, I, this happens like actually in real life when I really don't want to say what I do. I say that I work in textiles. Interesting. What if someone's like, what if someone starts asking you for textile advice? Or like, what does that mean? (laughs) That's the thing. You say nothing. No, like what you just said, you said interesting. Like there's no like, oh my God, I want to tell you all about textiles. It's like in Seinfeld when you're like an importer exporter, there's no follow up yeah. question to it. That's but what if so somebody's funny. like, oh, someone is what, if my hus- what if you're like, they're like, oh, my husband's in textiles. Where do you work? <laughs> what do you're you, like, oh, I, have, I, can, I consult for, you know, big corporations around the world. I travel all the oh, time. You you're a great liar. <laughs> you guys, I, I have to really be really an RD, Tracy. <laughs> do you really work? in textiles and you've been just fooling us (laughs) you guys know it you guys know it but (laughs) I just I I felt like how'd you come up with that one you know I'm creative (laughs) I have a lot of time I have a lot of time on my hands (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so when I met with this RD I really just I wanted to listen because I was scared I was confused and I did this for a living and I was not able to manage it myself so I went through all of the, all of the foods with her. Yeah. I mean, you have to, it's very individualized for me. I had to count my carbohydrates. I had to log every single food that I was eating. I basically was following like a keto keto diet while I was pregnant. And you guys know my thoughts about the keto diet. Like it is. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like that type of eating for my blood sugar management and the health of my baby was was the best thing for me to do. Wow. So what did you have when you wanted something sweet? Just curious. Because I feel I worry that I will have this yeah, problem since nibs. my mom yeah. did. I know. No, I really con- I, I'm concerned about this because of how my mother had it. Um, yeah. And I just yeah. assume I will. I just assume everything that happened to her will happen to me. Yeah. Um, so what did you eat? Well, it's that's a good point because I would say – 10, it's like the statistic is real. 10 million women get gestational diabetes and 50% of those women are likely to get type two diabetes later in life. So it's great. Like it's, but you know what, this is, this is good. I'm glad that it happened. So now I can talk about it and help more people who are going through this. So for the sweet things that I would have to eat, it's sad. I was putting, so you like, for instance, in the morning, I would have like a Greek yogurt with a ton of nuts, peanut butter, and I would use like vanilla extract as my sweetness and cinnamon. Like that was Ugh, it. Sorry. No, and, and that's it's the over, thing. Like it's over. Yeah, th- that sorry. like you feel like this sucks, but a part of you is like it's not me anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, not you, like you do anything. Like you're so scared of what could potentially happen in that moment to your baby, you're freaked out. It's, it's terrible. So it doesn't matter if it tastes like shit because you know that your blood sugar is going to be okay after that. Right. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm sure a lot of people think that like gestational diabetes only happens like to like, if you're in a bigger body or something, but like, Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. Like, I mean, every you know, yeah. you're, you're not. And so like, that's, that's kind of just like a myth. Yeah, um, exactly. And just like to just add that I was doing the food diet management. I was exercising stress relief. I still had to go on insulin at the end of it. So wow. it was, you can make as many adjustments to your body that you potential that you have the power to, and it may not even be enough. So 
getting through that type of like swallowing that pill was really difficult and you want to fight it. And you're like, this is not fair. But once again, like you get over that once you realize that you're putting your baby at a higher risk. So you make these change, you make these changes and you just, you move forward. And then you have to do that the whole time till the end. And then when you have the baby, it goes away. So the hope is that it goes away and then you get tested in six to 12 weeks afterwards, you do a glucose test and you hope, you know, you fingers crossed that it goes away. It, it went away for me, but I, I have to get tested again in, in a year. And this will be something that I'm, I'm going to be constantly thinking about. So it's, right. it's a good thing because like I said, I do have this run in my family and right. maybe if I didn't get this diagnosis, I would just have ignored it until it became a bigger problem. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Thanks for sharing though. Yeah. 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 I, I'm scared of that. My 23 and me told me that I'm highly likely for type two diabetes yeah. <laughs> later in life. So I was yeah, like, it's, oh, whatever. I know. And, and I, I, right. Like you learn about these things. You could only do what you can do and it, it may not be enough. And learning mm-hmm. to be okay with that is, is a really big mental challenge to take on. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. Where did you get like advice from? Like where, who did other than your like dietitian when it came to gestational diabetes, but like mm-hmm. all the other emotional pieces and physical pieces, like who did you look for advice from? How did you deal with it? Like during the pandemic, especially? Yeah. So I had a support group of people that were also pregnant during the pandemic. So I felt like I unloaded a lot on oh, them. Oh, and what do you mean support group? I, I joined a virtual support group oh. through a um, like a motherhood center. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we met once a week and then we talked about like things that were going on. And then you just continue the conversation as you enter new challenges. Like every week, there's always something that's going on. Um, and then I worked individually with a, with the social worker to help me one with like the diagnosis of the gestational diabetes was really tough, but also 
without that, there was already so much anxiety about being a new mom, being a parent, having to care for an individual for the rest of your life that you just, you may not feel a hundred percent there when you're pregnant. And that's okay. Like that's, I've learned that like, that's okay that you don't feel those, uh, like those maternal feelings when you're pregnant, you feel it eventually, but some people don't. And that's okay. Right. Cause I mean, it's not, nothing's cha- like really changed technically. Right. Except like you're just get growing a belly. Technically. No, yeah. it cha- it's changed. I don't think nothing's changed. Like no, there's what? another human in the room. No, yeah, no, no. You're- when you're pregnant. Uh, no, I know. I don't think that nothing's changed when you're pregnant. I feel like when you're pregnant, it's like you're rolling down a hill and there's like no stopping in a good way. But like you're it's like the it's, no, but it's happening. Te- but you could there's no I'm saying, you back. could feel disconnected because technically oh. nothing's like there's no person that just right. stands right. next to you that you have to take care of. You're still taking care of yourself. Right, 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 right. 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 Okay, but yeah. but you have that you like you said the emotional burden of motherhood starts the moment that you right. find out you're pregnant. It's not when the baby comes. It's it's the moment that you conceive and then you find out that you're or that you go through IVF, IUI, whatever it is, and then you find mm-hmm. out you're pregnant. I find it great that you like joined uh, a support group. I've literally never heard anybody do that. So ha- what, what made you um, reach out yeah. and find one? I was lost. Like I, I didn't want to talk to friends. I didn't want to Google things. I didn't want to talk to my family about this. I, I talked to my husband about it and Mm -hmm. he was there for me. And he probably was like, I think he suggested that I can only offer my support, but I have no idea what you're going through. Let's like, let's see if there's something out there. And then I, a quick Google search. And then I just, I found people. That's amazing. Are there are there things? So I just because you're talking about gestational diabetes and the support group, I feel like people don't. There are lots of things that are like taboo or not taboo, but just people that don't talk about about pregnancy, um, yeah, or postpartum or oh what are gosh. some things that <laughs> people don't talk about either during pregnancy, postpartum, or like breastfeeding? Because I know you did a video Ugh. about breastfeeding the other day, yeah, or a picture, yeah. and the caption was great. Lots yeah, of nips. I mean, well, yeah. a lot of nips. I mean, the nipples are out constantly. So with like starting with pregnancy, everyone thinks it's a beautiful time. It's great. And it truly is like you. this miracle that is happening when you look down is just mind boggling. But you don't realize that you could be constipated for like two weeks. That's oh very gosh. common. Very common. Your nipples are like extremely sensitive. Yeah, your boobs are huge, but like you're sensitive in a way that you've never been before. Everyone says like, now is the time to rest and sleep. Okay, try to do that, but put like a watermelon in your stomach, rest it on your bladder, and then go to a side because you can't sleep on your back. So you're not comfortable. Like there's so many different types of physical challenges. And of course, like the emotional challenge of it too. Maybe I'll get like Avi, that thing in 10 Things I Hate About You, where she makes the, the dad makes the, the daughter wear suit. the belly. And yes. it's like, this is all I'm experiencing. <laughs> Think about this. Think about this when you date my daughter. <laughs> like you have to wear this around the house for a week and then talk to me. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. She wears it. Right. Yeah. It's totally. So, like, that is, I think more people are talking about how pregnancy is like you have the glow. Like, yeah, you have the glow because you're sweating and 
then you're cold. Like it just, all these different body temperatures are happening. Uh, so oh my like, gosh. I mean, it's, it's a journey. Everyone goes through it differently. Like I'm just only speaking on behalf of what I went through, but um, you know, and then the stretch marks, like the varicose veins, the added weight, like there's a lot of things that, that you go through during pregnancy. Do, do you think that, um, having had the benefit of yo-yo dieting and my stomach expanding and contracting so many times in my life that maybe that will prevent as bad stretch marks. It's, I think it comes Although down to been, genetics. Yeah. I think it really okay. comes down to genetics. Yeah. My 23 me also told me that I'm prone to stretch marks. <laughs> That's really funny. You know what? Like, it, Wait, you are you what? kidding? You're growing a baby. No. No, that can't be a characteristic that people oh, are asking. Oh my God. Know, you know oh what? The, cra- the characteristics of 23 me are they're wild. They're crazy. They're like, they it's tell like you loves that, carrots. Like your second toe, the chance of your likelihood of your t- second toe being longer than your first toe, whatever it's called, thumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, so during like postpartum, another thing that people don't talk about is, you know, your bladder has had a lot of pressure on for the last not like nine months, 10 months, some say. So, you know, you're also having a weak bladder and you're peeing all the time. You're peeing when you're sneezing, you're peeing when you're laughing. Like there's just a lot of pee. (laughs) Oh, oh, like what's coming out of you. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not the baby. No, not you. (laughs) There's also the pee from the pee. Always the pee from the, yeah. You're just like, there's a lot of pee in general from a lot of parties. (laughs) Right. The, The baby doesn't pee inside you. What? No, like when it, once it's out. Oh. No, postpartum. We're, we I'm moved just, on to postpartum. I'm, mixing, postpartum. I'm mixing the whole experience. Like I'm not, I'm not thinking pregnancy only. I'm thinking just the whole Sammy thing. Sammy is, is giving misinformation. I'm not. The baby doesn't pee inside. Obviously the baby doesn't pee inside you. Honestly. The baby excretes. It's, it's, it, it, the Where baby does, does pee. It's all in like in the womb. In it's the contained. cord. <laughs> I don't know exactly, no, but your baby does have it. excretion. There's. So where does that go? I feel like it can get filtered. <laughs> I honestly wish Just, I knew. I, I feel. <laughs> well, we should Google that afterwards. Um, well, we just got a puppy, so I'm getting used to a lot of pee being everywhere, like fucking yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That puppy is some birth control. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Larry, Larry, the birth yeah. control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you, so have you gotten your, like, have you personally gotten really good advice along the way in terms of just things that you didn't know that would happen that you could share with other people listening or hosting? Yeah. <laughs> Particularly you guys. <laughs> My advice is, is honestly just to be flexible. It is like one of the hardest things that you could go through, especially if you set rules and expectations and they don't go as planned because nothing that you prepare for will go as planned. Okay. So what, like what? My mom said the same, same thing. She's an OBGYN. She's like everyone with their plans and their birthing plans. It never goes that way. No. And that's like, right. You have the birth plan. You are you only want to exclusively breastfeed for six months. Like that doesn't go to plan. Like you aren't going to get an epidural. Like that doesn't go the way that you think. Like all of those things that people are really trying to do, which is great. Like I applaud setting goals, but you have to be okay with what happens when it doesn't happen. Right. Like we, we often joked about like living in the gray, 
when uh, we talked the about the pink. Yes. Yeah, so it's now the pink, obviously not because we had a baby girl. But <laughs> what I mean is that you have to be okay with there's not, but they're not being rules, but they're not being ways. That, these are the 10 things that you need to do in order to be a successful mother. No. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it sort of makes a lot of sense because and this is kind of always what I think about when I'm like, there's no way I could be a mother. There's no way I can get pregnant, all this shit. I'm like, okay, well, people have been doing this for literally since the human the beginning existed. of time. Right, right. Since the existence of humanity, people have been doing this and they didn't have like their breast pumps and they didn't have like their epidurals and they didn't have all this stuff. So like, yes, it's great to have them, but the, we are designed to do all of this without anything. So like, I think the, uh, that that like reminding yourself of that, like when that when like things get a little gray, messy, might yeah. help because it's like it you can do it all without the stuff. The stuff is just mm-hmm. like extra, extra and helpful, right? Right. Yeah, it doesn't. Not it's not know. necessary. It's <laughs> right. literally not necessary, necessary. But we could be grateful for it because, yeah. like, when we were during a time when we didn't have the stuff, there like People there died. was less like yeah, there was less right. successful situations right like right in all of it so we could just be happy that we have it and like thankful for like the medicine like the shit that my mom tells me that they could do is just is insane and like I've like talked to and when she says like things that they couldn't do even just like 10 years ago or 20 years ago you couldn't find out like the the gender of your kid you couldn't find out Mm -hmm. um like they didn't know really about weight, genetic gain, testing. weight anything, no mm-hmm. genetic testing, none of that. So it's pretty amazing yeah. how far like we, we are better for all of those things. Right. But they but are it not. Could get, it could get you crazy. It could make you crazy. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, you're also you. the more information that you're given, that overload can be yeah. paralyzing for some people. So like another big thing I've learned in all of this is you can prepare, you can read, you can talk to your friends, you can talk to whoever you want. And none of it may be applicable to you and your baby. Mm-hmm. Like, right. for like instance, what? Like it, yeah, give us an example. So like from the start, I was always told like pacifiers, they're just like the best thing. Like they, they calm your baby down. It's going to help your baby go to sleep, like all these things. So of course, like being type A, I got probably like 10 different types of pacifiers, like ones that glow, like when it glowed in the dark, ones that rested on her chest, ones like all these stupid shit, things that are like organic and like things that aren't like whatever. The moment that Ella was born, I was like, oh my God, this is great. We get to try it out. She's crying and she spit it out. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, let me try the other one. I went through 10 of them and she did not want one of them. So that's just an example of you know, you set yourself up for something you think is going to happen and then it doesn't. And now we're just like, okay, she doesn't use a pacifier when she's crying. It's a pain, but she's better for it because she doesn't want it. I'm not going to force her to do something that she does not want to do. Right. right. I happen to I, love the name Ella. I actually ran it by Avi. He was like, no, oh, <laughs> but no, I do love why? Ella Sage. I, 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 I even threw in a middle name, but he, and he also hated the middle name. How did yeah. you choose um, the name, your na- baby's name? Was that difficult? Very difficult. Imagine. Yeah, Very like, difficult. How I long think that's did, like a- you, did it take to decide? So we and had what a lot made of- you decide? 
We had a lot of time, Scott and I, to just like sit and be with each other during the pregnancy. So we went through a ton of names. We knew we needed the letters E and D to name after grandparents who've passed away. So that narrowed the window for us. And I loved the name. um, I love the name Davy. So that's her middle name. I felt like it was really strong. I think it's cute. Like it's, it's just easy. And we were also watching like Schitt's Creek a lot. So I was like, David, David, like it just felt like that would be fun. But then I just, I didn't want it to be confusing for her. Um, Obviously down the road, like whatever happens with her, like name spell, like I just felt like she'd have to explain herself a lot. So we wanted a name that she didn't have to explain much. And that was easy to spell. I love that name. So pretty. Really cute name. That's really sweet. Thanks, guys. And it's really trendy these days, you know? Kamala's dog. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I have a question about, like, mom guilt. Mm. Do you experience it? And what do you do about it? Um... Assuming they, you experience it. Maybe, you are, maybe you're a unicorn who doesn't. I don't know. So... I would say for right now for my life, the biggest like guilt that I'm dealing with is breastfeeding because there are moments where, I mean, breastfeeding is the hardest thing. Like nobody talks about how to set yourself up for breastfeeding after you deliver a baby because it's just all too much. The idea of having a baby is too much. And then adding breastfeeding on top of that is just a very difficult task. So you figure it out with anything in life, you figure it out, you do your best. But the challenge that comes with it is, you know, the milk supply, that's like a very real thing. It's either sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's not, sometimes we supplement with formula. So initially that guilt came in what happened with Ella, which also was very unique to our experience is that she was born with jaundice. And jaundice is basically 
it's treatable, it's great, but for a newborn, it can be dangerous because their body needs to flush out toxins of, um, it's called bilirubin, which is produced by the liver. And the way that you flush this out for a newborn is you basically give them food, you give them formula, you give them breast milk. So at the time, like you just deliver a baby, your milk supply may not be enough for her to go and pass this out of her system. So without a question, you know, the doctor's like, okay, let's get some formula. And I was like, great. Like if this is going to be for the health of Ella, like a hundred percent. So I'm going to talk more about this because I feel like this idea, it's called topping off, which means that you breastfeed and then you give formula afterwards to top it off to ensure that your baby had enough to ensure that if your baby wants some more afterwards, it's given that opportunity. Of course, she could be like, no, I'm good. But other times she could be like, yes, like whatever just came out of you wasn't enough. And I need five of those. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had a, that exposure to formula quite early on for her, which allowed me to get more comfortable with the idea of giving her that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I generally, when I, when, what I've heard of mom guilt, it a lot comes in with the breastfeeding because there's mm-hmm. like, there's also this like emotional piece of like, I can't supply for my baby the way I need to. But like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's, it's so normal to formula feed and like, yes. is this, it, there's so much drama around breastfeeding that is like unfair so to women. It's like, you're it's out of me. Yeah. Like, I don't, I feel like it's just sort of the most ridiculous, like judgmental corner of the internet. And like one that, one that I stay away from. Yes. Cause everyone has their opinions and the phrase that we've all heard, I'm sure breast is best. It needs to be like fed is best out. Fed yeah. is best is the fa- there you go yeah. you got, you're part of this corner. That's mom. Betcha's no, moms. I'm not. I just follow Betch's moms. You know, there you Instagram. Go. Also, I my mom's told me that I would not feed. I would not breastfeed. Like I was completely formula fed. I have a severe oral fixation. Don't know if it's about that or what. But like, um, but. Honestly, like it's, you're not setting up your, your kid for lifelong failure if they're formula fed. Like it's kind of crazy. It is. I was formula fed 100% and somebody and who was great. <laughs> and I'm great, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I part of, so after I had the baby, I was also part of a new mom's virtual group, which also is something that I would highly recommend too. Um, what one of the, uh, the girls were talking about was, you have two people walking down the street. You wouldn't know if one of them was breastfed and one of them was formula fed. It does not matter. Yeah, right. It's does just, not matter. I feel like it's like, it's, um, and I actually just want to ask you a question because you had compared um, like the parallels of motherhood and dieting. And I just feel like this additional guilt and like weird parameters, mm-hmm. like the rules that are contradictory, that mm-hmm. reminds me so much of like diet culture and like, you know, the whole first two years of our podcast. Yeah, it's like but, body yeah. shame, mom shame, diet shame. Like there really isn't a difference when thinking about it in depth between motherhood and dieting because you want to achieve success at both. You want to be great at both, both the diet and the mothering. So, you know, you ask all of your friends who have kids for their advice because they know what's best. You ask your friend who's been on all the diets which one is best because they know what's best. It's right. it like is uncanny to me how similar these are with what we do for 
setting expectations, with setting goals. Like we're always looking for the next best thing with diets. We're also looking for the next best thing with parenting and mothering. And we want that inside like scoop about, so I heard you're like, you had a great baby. Like, what's the secret? Like, oh, (laughs) she has a great body. What's the secret? Like it just, it feels like there's- Yes. Like all of it. Like that's why when you see on Instagram, these women who are, I mean, her name rhymes with malaria, like all yeah. of her, like the body of Mila, these, Milaria, 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 like her body yeah. postpartum, like that's great. Good for her. But that's not real life for a large majority of women. Yeah, totally. Definitely. And I, I, I feel like I feel like they're I feel like um everyone knows that intellectually, but getting people to like internalize it and apply it to themselves again without being a mother, I can just see what other the things other people struggle with. Getting mm-hmm. that to be sort of like internalized, I think is really probably very challenging. And you're also comparing yeah. yourself. You're like, same thing with diets. What works for you may not work for someone else. With works with parenting, what works for your baby may not work for someone else's baby. And everybody has an opinion. You have opinions Uh from your mother. You have opinions from your mother-in-law. You have your opinions from your doctor, from your friends and all of, and experts online and TV shows and whatever it is and podcasts and books. Social media. It's social media, the the biggest (laughs) one right now. And like, it all comes down to what works for you. Like motherhood is truly an individualized approach. There is not a one size fits all or now one size fits most. I mean, yeah, there really is nothing more, more individualized than parenting. Right. Well, I'm glad you said that because people need to hear that. <laughs> um, I'm going to scream it, <laughs> scream it from the rooftops. So have your like nutrition views changed since being a mom? Well, my nutrition views actually have become, I think, more like pronounced in this because I felt like before this, my philosophy is more about like tuning into your body and tuning out the noise in your brain. The same thing holds true with eating in this. You have no room for more real estate in your brain the moment you have your baby to be thinking about calories, logging, the guilt, you're moving on because you're now taking care of your baby. That is first and foremost priority for yourself. And I guess in that fourth trimester, which is the three months after you have your child, there is an up and down of what you go through. Like the first stage, of course, like after you have your baby is you're like in survival survival mode, whatever gets delivered to you, whatever you're you know, able to make ahead of time, like all of those things are really important. What your partner gives you, but you then food. Uh, you're talking about food. food? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> when like, you get delivered you mean, like, through Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you're supporting all of these small businesses by <laughs> getting food delivery in New York city, <laughs> but then you go through another, the next phase of it, which is like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten a vegetable in whatever time it is, how long it's been. And you're like, oh my gosh, like my body is extremely different. I now need to be dieting. And then you you realize for like a minute that that's not applicable, or at least this was for me, like that's not realistic. I need to just do what's best for me mentally rather than thinking about the physical portion for me. 
And then you go on to the third wave of it, which is accepting your new body. You just created a baby. You just gave birth to a human. You have to show that forgiveness to yourself. And then you have to feel out what is going to work best for you moving forward. Is it going to be meal planning? Is it going to be cooking for two or three days so you know what's going to be for lunch or for dinner the next night? And you just, you have to just, you figure it out. There's a lot that you have to do on the fly and there's not that much thought that I was able to give to it because there is just so much going on. One of my fears is that like once I eventually, hopefully whatever, have a kid, I obviously you will have gained weight Mm -hmm. and my fear. And I know I hear you like logically, I get that you won't have time to think about it, but a lot of people do about like losing weight after. Mm -hmm. And like my fear is that how else am I going to lose weight without going on a diet? You know, so like that's the part. And I get that people naturally it comes off, but I've through breastfeeding, but I've also heard that that doesn't do anything for some people. So like that's that's always kind of in the back of my head Yeah. as like I go through this. But obviously it's too, you can't think like so ahead, like worry about something that doesn't that doesn't happen. ha- has happened yet. But to me, yeah. it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's and that's OK that. If that if that's a solid fear that's going on right now, because you are preparing for something that may or may not happen, maybe it will. And the first couple of months, though, I have to just be honest with you, is that you shouldn't be worried about it. It's right. it, it's no longer about you. It is truly just about keeping this human alive. And if that means that when you put like your baby down that you are going to then spend that time looking up things for you that make you feel good and new diets that you want to try to lose weight, then that's, that's your priority that may make you feel really good. Or during that time, you may need to be doing a lot of other different things like cleaning bottles, like getting, you know, the, her, the laundry ready, like just making, like cleaning up the house. Like I felt like I was also being, yeah, just being, being, I don't know, like even just checking in with your friends, like there's a whole different level of priorities after you have your baby. And this is just speaking on behalf of myself. Like I know that I'm never going to be in the same body that I was before I had Ella. It's hard. It's difficult to be able to, you know, not be able to do that, but I'm so much better for it. Now I have her and I look at my body and I'm like, I can't believe that my body was able to do this. I'm so appreciative of what it was able to do. And it takes a, like, that is a really hard thing to say and to believe at the same time. Right. I was going to say, doesn't it make, does it make you mad to like simultaneously have this like practice of trying to believe it while also seeing on social media, all these people who like, Oh, look, I have an ab. I have abs again. <laughs> right. You know what? It's, good for them. Like that's all yeah. at the end of the day. That's not me. That's not it's what I'm so going bad. to, <laughs> you know, my, but that's my with, feeling but that's on with that. life. Like, yeah. That's know, with life. That's with anything. I, I kind of think about it. Like, I just know I'm not that person who's going to bounce back with an ab in six months. Like I don't, I don't even have an ab now. now. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Like, like I'm not that person the same way. I'm not like a rocket scientist. So I just, I feel like I need to like, but, but the oh. difference is that 
society doesn't tell women they need to be rocket scientists. They tell women they need to have abs six months later. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely hard, but like, I just also feel like that is so not me. It's like, I might as well fantasize about turning purple, like, because it's just <laughs> not me. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's sort know. of like, like, I just feel like that is not what my body is. It's not the genetics. Like maybe I could be a little slimmer if I didn't emotionally eat, but I'm never going to be that person who gets an ab six months after birth. Like, even if I'm not like overweight, I'm still not going to be that ab person. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and this is all so true. This hits home, like, especially going through this right now, when you just realize that it's okay. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. Even though some moments I'm like, what, why, why is, why is my body not the same? What? It's okay. Now I am a different person because I now have a baby and, and that's, it's like, this is this level of acceptance and letting go like that. I I was saying to um, my friend yesterday, like that motherhood is like a perfectionist nightmare because you literally. (laughs) Aileen's face is like, no. And you're, and you're going to have to tackle it. It's for somebody who's a planner, for somebody who's type A, who wants things done a certain way, who wants results. Motherhood is the biggest challenge because none of it happens. And it may, some of it may, but setting up that real unrealistic, or sorry, setting up that realistic expectation for your unrealistic expectation for yourself is just doing more harm to your body than good and to your mind too. Well, I have to say that it's, I I have to say the pandemic has helped me like be less of a control freak because there's less to control. Like I can't control any of it. Right. (laughs) So I guess I have that. (laughs) You you know, it's it's so funny. It's it's, it's like, it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be for better and for worse. Yeah. Good thing (laughs) I'm so bad at planning. Like, I don't yeah, but yeah you're I, bad I, at planning I'm so bad at planning and now I'm have an excuse not to yeah <laughs> you know why because even in I was thinking about this like what life would be like with a newborn in non-pandemic era like if Scott and I wanted to go to dinner and Ella was having a fit like we would have to cancel dinner that was an expectation and a plan that we had that we just have to be able to be flexible with and now because we're not doing that, like, I wonder what our life is going to transition when life does get back to normal. But it's this idea of just being okay with nothing going your way. Right. Yeah. It could, I could right. Right. Even, it could still go your way, even if it's not the thing you planned. That's yes. another thing. Like, just because mm-hmm. you didn't plan for something doesn't mean that it isn't good. Right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Be better. You know, it's, it's just not the same as what you planned. Mm-hmm. That's and that's okay. Plan. Right. Yeah. Right. You can Sorry. set out to have big hopes and dreams. I have dreams. <laughs> just mm-hmm. I'm I'm mostly fear like all the scare, the bad stuff. Like that's the stuff that I always am scared of. Like I'm okay with the no no planning of like the stuff that doesn't really like matter that much. Like when I said my biggest fear is the weight, that's not really it. That's the stuff that I like compart I I I push all the scary stuff back, right. like compartmentalize that. And then I focus on the stuff that's like a little bit more superficial, like weight gain. <laughs> but like the stuff that I know we're talking about, we can't control. Like that's really the scary shit. Like all of the unknown of like 
the the sad. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to mm-hmm. put it out. But like anything that you really can't control that's negative about. I don't anything. know. Maybe yeah. this is the way about to put it. It is baby. so miraculous when everything in a pregnancy and a conception, the conception, pregnancy, childbirth, and like the baby existing. It is mm-hmm. so miraculous when all the steps go right. Like I like just even following a lot more people who I know who have had kids, like the wide array of potential small things that can go wrong. There's so many, like there's so many different options for like small things that can go wrong. So it is so miraculous when everything just kind of goes like fine, even mm-hmm. if it's not like what you thought was okay. It's like, it's really quite amazing. Yeah. I mean, you, I I would say that I was living in fear for the majority of the pregnancy with like what you're feeling is just that you just don't know what's going to happen, but you realize that you can get through it, whatever is thrown your way. And you realize that everybody has a story. Everyone is going to have a journey to having a baby somehow, whether it's not, whether it's the way that you think you're going to get it or another way that you're just going to end up with this. So it's just being open to that and not fighting it because like you said, like you can't control this stuff, the, mm. the millions of things that have to happen. Right. Right. Well, all right. <laughs> on a positive note. <laughs> yeah. It, let's end it on a positive what is, note. What is your favorite thing about either pregnancy, motherhood, having a baby other than your baby. Yeah. Other than having, having a baby and yeah. being like, and looking at her every day, like what's, the yeah. Peak? I would say that doing something different with my life. Like this has been the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge I've ever had in my entire life. These last four months of keep, like I said, like keeping her alive is a constant thing on your mind. And when you're able to then look back, like I was often like, you just find yourself looking back at photos. You're like, how did I get through this? How was she so little? How did I take her to the doctors when she was hysterically crying and get through this? And you, you, you look back and you're like, I did it because moms are, are powerful. We there's, there's like, there's, um, oh gosh, what's her name from Peloton? The Robin. Yeah. Robin Arizona. Strong like a mother. Yeah. Like that's her like thing, like strong, like a mother. There's nothing that you can't do once you feel like you've had a baby. And I would say like, this has just been a new, a new life for me. I'm, you know, I'm obviously like so grateful that I'm able, able, even able to talk about it right now to you guys, which hopefully will help more people get more realistic with it and set different expectations for themselves too. Well, congratulations. Thank you for that positive note. Now we can end yeah, it on. Strong like I think a mother. That is great. Strong like a mother. Um, well, thanks so much for coming back. I mean, it's been forever, but we're so happy to talk to you again. And I'm sure Thank everybody's you. been wondering what you're up to. Um, what, so what, I guess you're just chilling, being a mom, taking care of your kid and just... That's yeah, I mean, I started, on. yeah, I mean, I started working again um, in January and like, this has been such an exciting month getting to my emails, looking ahead towards like what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year. And I don't know, maybe, maybe a new book about comparing motherhood with dieting. Like maybe Ooh. that's the, the new thing. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, you should, that sounds well, good. The audience well, also, heard it here first. I mean, the Betches mom, like, come on guys, this is this is the next step for, for your growing and evolving community. 
Oh, we know. <laughs> Betcha's moms is doing great. <laughs> Everybody go will, follow Betcha's moms. Please. I will be on there in the next couple of weeks, perhaps. On social, answer, right? On social, doing some Q and A with with everybody, and um, hopefully can answer some questions, debunk some myths, and uh, you know, be real about being real. I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Good luck. I'm Thanks. sure we'll be we'll be talking. Have you not heard her this entire time? By the oh, way, that one. No. Good. Nice. She's crying. Okay. She's crying. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't have heard. Yeah. Does that not drive you? Is that not like painting you? I know. Pain. I know she's okay. She's with my husband. I know she's fine. Oh, okay. Oh, good. That's yeah. so sweet. I'm gonna cry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you I so much, you Tracy. Big hug. Yeah. Big we'll hug. see you soon. We'll see you soon. We're always with you through thick and thin. Betches.